And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with more clarity, more necessary than ever before. Adam joins us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. It's a busy morning, isn't it? Uh, a little bit of sigh of relief. Um, yeah. Let's start there. Uh, before we jump into officially the first keyword of the day, we mentioned right before the song break, North Korea fired what it is claiming to be a space satellite. At around 6.32 a.m. for us in Seoul, uh, the city issued a warning asking citizens to evacuate roughly half an hour later. Uh, that claim itself was retracted, essentially. Yeah, so uh, the North Korea has fired what it claims to be a space launch uh, vehicle southward. That was announced by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mm. Uh, they didn't really elaborate uh, on what the details were, uh, and it's pending further analysis. And um, as we could hear on the air just before you uh, went to the song break, <laughs> there have been continuous, well, not continuous, but a couple of emergency alerts yeah. uh, that have been coming uh, from the government. One saying that uh, citizens need to get ready uh, to evacuate, and mm. women and children should um, uh, evacuate already. But then, shortly after, the one that interrupted your broadcast, it said there was a, a mistake, basically. It said they sent the wrong emergency alert. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if for those who are in Seoul heard, uh, or if, it, if they were woken up by it, but air raid sirens were also mm. sounded across the capital as well. Uh, distracted me from <laughs> preparing my script this morning as well. But uh, mm. yeah, so... Uh, by the looks of things, nothing of too much concern when it comes to evacuations mm. or any real danger uh, okay. when it comes to uh, the capital or South Korea in general. But of course, mm. uh, the South Korean military is keeping its eyes on the developments on that. And all this uh, it does come after the North uh, reportedly emailed an official in charge of maritime safety at the International Maritime Organization. That came after a notification to Japan as well. Uh, it's also the first, actually, such notification to the IMO since 2016. Uh, and this tip apparently is a courtesy. It's not really a requirement uh, due to um, navigational warnings. Uh, they're kind of disseminated directly to shipping via the worldwide uh, navigational warning system. So apparently North Korea was apparently paying a courtesy notification. Uh, now, that came uh, after, as I said, uh, the regime told Japan of the mm. launch pla uh, plan. That sparked anger from South Korea, as well as the US uh, and Japan as well. Um, and we saw a North Korean official by the name of Lee Byung-chul also uh, confirming or making official that the launch will take place in June, interestingly, although we're getting glimpses of it uh, today. Mm. Um, now, the uh, military reconnaissance satellite, or SPY satellite, it's among the high-tech weapons systems that uh, Kim Jong-un has vowed to develop uh, recently. Uh, and South Korea has warned North Korea's planned satellite launch, uh, saying it will pay the price if it goes ahead with the plan. Uh, Seoul's foreign ministry yesterday again slammed the planned launch as well, and said it was absurd for Pyongyang to use the joint defense posture of South Korea and the U.S., uh, as an excuse to launch a spy satellite. Of course, these uh, continuing and uh, ever more frequent joint US-South uh, Korea drills have kind of angered uh, North Korea more, kind of prompted it to conduct some more provocations uh, recently, especially under the hardline stance um, that Yoon uh, Sung-yeol is taking. Uh, 
Um, now, this uh, launch, it does mark the North's first such provocation since it fired what it claimed to be a Hwasong 18 ICBM mm. on April 13th. It's kind of classified as a ballistic missile launch, hence a violation of UN Security uh, Council uh, resolutions. So we're going to be seeing some uh, condemnations um, and criticisms of the regime from the international community uh, uh, not so long uh, from now. All right, so that was our first keyword today. North Korea has fired what it claims to be a space launch vehicle, southward just moments ago. Just to clarify once more, the emergency evacuation warning, as Adam mentioned, turned out to be a false alarm. We'll keep you guys updated more on the space launch vehicle. In the meantime, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. WMD Crackdown. So participating nations in the Proliferation Security Initiative, which turns 20 years old this year, have emphasized a need for stronger cooperation to combat the evolving threat of weapons of mass destruction. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so representatives uh, from over 70 countries took part in this PS- PSI high-level meeting that was hosted on Jeju Islands. Now, uh, for those who don't know, the PSI is basically an international effort specifically targeting the trafficking of WMDs, uh, their delivery systems and related materials. Now, in a joint statement, the PSI stressed the need for increased cooperation uh, in countering the evolving threats posed by WMD proliferation, such as the development of nuclear and ballistic missiles programs that violate UNSC resolutions, mm. like the uh, just the launch that we saw moments ago. And they agreed to further commit to improving, <coughs> excuse me, PSI capacity building activities and training. They also agreed to address the challenges posed by the emerging emerging technologies and proliferation practices amid uh, what they call the changing security environments. And it also stressed that the need for the PSIs to address new and emerging proliferation uh, practices. They said this includes cryptocurrency as well as intangible technology transfers and the increasing sophistication of proliferators' tactics to circumvent Uh, international law. Uh, The members also noted that emerging technologies such as 3D printing, um, AI and quantum computing can create additional non-proliferation and counter-proliferation challenges. Now, meanwhile, President Yoon also spoke at the forum as well. Uh, He urged the international community to strengthen cooperation uh, to choke off illegal funding of North Korea's nuclear and missile programs. Now, North Korea wasn't specifically mentioned by name during this joint statement, but it was um, subsequently mentioned mm. in the kind of press conferences that were held by President Yoon and individual uh, participants that were there. Uh, meanwhile, Seoul's Defense Ministry says the multinational naval drill, Eastern Endeavor 23, that's related to the PSI and was actually scheduled to kick off today, uh, apparently will be drastically reduced due to bad weather. I'm looking out the uh, window, but I don't really see any bad weather. But of course, (laughs) things might be different um, down south of the waters of uh, uh, Jeju Island. But um, there you have it. Uh, So Mm. it's going to be slightly reduced in nature. And this whole uh, kind of maritime drill itself uh, faced a bit of controversy, especially with that Japanese warship hoisting the rising sun flag right, right. as well, causing a bit of controversy um, and a bit of uh, a bit of um, a debate uh, over the uh, maritime drill. 
And I'm without the weather. I'm not quite sure what I will chuckle at. I think that's the first laugh I let out this entire morning. <laughs> it's been a bit of a hectic one, hasn't it? A little bit. That might be an understatement. All right, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Freedom for peace. So President Yoon has held a meeting with a visiting group of independent global leaders known as the Elders. Uh, what did he have to say on this front? That's quite an interesting name, isn't it? Uh, the, <laughs> the Elders. elders. It sounds, it's kind it of ominous. Like something you, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> ominous and uh, kind of something that a council you'll probably see on the Lord of the Rings or something. Like <laughs> that. Uh, but yes, he told the so-called Elders uh, that peace without freedom uh, is not sustainable. And he added that a country that respects the freedom of its own people can respect the freedom of others. Uh, he also said that South Korea will expand its diplomacy anchored in the universal values of freedom and the rule of law and international norms. Now, uh, despite its kind of ominous name, uh, the Elders is basically uh, a group of independent global leaders that were founded that was founded by uh, Nelson Mandela in 2007, in fact, and they're basically aimed at working together for peace, justice, and human rights. That's the slogan on their website anyway. Mm. Uh, they consist of public figures, noted as senior statesmen, so basically former and prominent uh, leaders, um, as well as peace activists and human rights advocates as well. Um, and Yoon added that South Korea will further expand its diplomacy and responsibility and contribution. And he also stressed the need for each country to pursue internationalism as opposed uh, to nationalism, whether that's a swipe at possibly the US Chips Act or one similar in Europe, who knows. Mm. Um, now, the elders highlighted the need for unity among the countries in the liberal world, uh, especially in the wake of Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine. All right, with that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Loans on phones. <laughs> Are you rhyming this morning? I, that was intentional, yes. I thank you for catching that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so beginning today, people will be able to transfer their existing credit loans to more favorable terms using their smartphones without visiting a bank. It certainly sounds more convenient. Can you tell us the details? Yeah, so it seems like uh, in the commercial space, brick-and-mortar stores have been facing a bit of difficulties, but they've kind of kicked back uh, uh, or rebounded a little bit with these pop-up stores or whatnot. But it seems like banks are kind of being threatened by this uh, switch to online banking uh, as, and as such. Uh, loans can also be found or better streamlined uh, using smartphones as well. Now, mm -hmm. the Financial Services Commission says uh, the platform comes as borrowers struggle to make repayments following steep interest rate hikes, while banks are kind of reaping uh, massive interest incomes. Now, th what does this mean? This basically means that commercial banks and other financial firms are also anticipated to lower lending rates to mm -hmm. attract new customers following the launch of this uh, online platform, uh, basically allowing borrowers to switch to other lenders. So basically it brings about more competition. Uh, now, clients will also be able to compare interest rates offered by different lenders and other competing companies on smartphone apps. So basically it's going to be a better, um, uh, it's going to make it easier for clients or consumers to see these or differentiate or compare these interest rates. Rather, they didn't really do that before when mm. visiting banks. They usually went to one or two and kind of found the best between the two, but now they can do it on a wide spectrum of banks. Um, and borrowers will also be able to switch to a new lender using the app to pay back principal and interest if their aggregate loans do not exceed 1 billion won and do not require 
collateral. Uh, more than 50 firms, in fact, including banks and credit card companies and also auto financing companies will join the program. Mm. And the FSC expressed hope that the app will help borrowers save time, of course, by eliminating the need to visit different lenders to inquire about lending rates. Uh, and of course, thus ease the financial burden on borrowers as well. Mm. And ultimately, hopefully, uh, cheaper loans. For those <laughs> cheaper, <laughs> cheaper, readily available loans. And you should be able to compare in just one search, essentially, right? I mean, we compare yeah. prices for any consumer goods. Mm. Why not yeah. loans be exactly the same? That is a very good point. I mean, we have comparison sites for, you know, plane tickets and hotels mm. and uh Pretty much, yeah, everything. Anything. But, uh, yeah, if I wanted to find... Interesting how there wasn't one for loans, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> you need a, well, lo- that... a lot of financial... Well, financial regulators approval for the for one. Yeah. And now that there seems to be a green light for that. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think the banks have uh, enjoyed the, their profits amid the high interest rates long enough. And I think the FSC is uh, kind of stepping in to kind of alleviate <laughs> that issue a little bit. All right, look at that. Uh, taking out a loan should be a little bit more transparent. Let's move on to mm-hmm. our final keyword of the day. Satellite NIA. So it has been found that the Nuri rocket has failed to send one satellite into space during its third launch. What's the latest on this front, Adam? Yeah, so uh, I think there were, there were eight uh, satellites right. that are aboard that Nuri rocket. Uh, one of them is kind of unaccounted for, unfortunately. So, yes, overall it was a uh, 90% or 98% kind of success rate uh, for the third launch of Nuri, but this one satellite just had to dampen things. And the science ministry said Nuri failed to deliver the third of the four what's known as Toyoset satellites. Mm. Uh, this third one especially is uh, being called TASOR. Uh, the ministry said it made the estimate after an- analyzing initial data. Previously, it was not confirmed whether or not the TASOR was ejected from the initial data from Nuri. Since then, there has been no confirmation of any signal at all in early uh, communications, raising the possibility that Nuri did not launch the uh, satellite. Mm. Now, TASOR was believed to not be ejected because the signal of the injection chamber door opening and the acceleration measurement of the third stage of the launch were not confirmed. Uh, now, when a satellite is ejected into space, the speed of the third stage has partially changed due to action and reaction, uh, but this value was not confirmed. Uh, to identify the cause, the Korea Aerospace Research Institute will conduct a detailed analysis of remotely uh, received information throughout the entire launch process and hold discussions with satellite and control experts for um, the next couple of months. Uh, Meanwhile, it was uh, also confirmed that Nuri achieved its target altitude of 550 kilometers and its target input speed of 7.58 kilometers uh, per second. So Mm -hmm. yes, on the whole, uh, it is a successful launch, but yes, that one satellite just had to rain on its parade (laughs) (laughs) but i mean majority of the satellites are accounted for so we'll have to wait for those updates adam thank you very much for keeping a company in this extremely busy and hectic morning i couldn't have done it without you (laughs) Uh, you're very welcome i'll see you tomorrow see you tomorrow if you're listening to our program using the podcast service just a reminder that we do go live monday through friday 7 a.m korea standard time So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.